The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. This is the Anime Roundtable Canada, presented by Anime North. On this Saturday evening, July 16th, 2022, you can contact us online on the web, animeroundtable.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Anime Roundtable. And you can email us, animeroundtable at gmail.com. Your phone's buzzing, by the way. Was that me? Yes, it was. Oh, it was me. Good evening once again as we wind down night number two here at Anime North in the Toronto West End. We are in the Delta Hotel, in the Halton Room, in a little corner beside the staff lounge. So we apologize to the, any audience member who is presently in here looking for food. That's next door. <laughs> Mike Nicholas, Kevin Ng, and Amy Gregors are along for the ride on night number two. They, all decide, they both decide to show up. James is uh, still out, but um, he did have some comments and we'll share them a bit later. Let's get right to it. There's some news. So um, I'm sure anyone here has been keeping up with some of the lineups that have been going on here over the weekend, and maybe that's an understatement. You can agree or disagree. Nod, shake. Variety of lineups. Oh, there's a bunch. Okay. <laughs> well, like the main, you know, the main one that I'm, I think you talked about yesterday, you know, for sure, I think it's still to some degree making news. Uh, but the ones I've noticed most have been the food lineups. Like, um, and they've ebbed and flowed, but... Um, I don't think I've seen the ginkgo lineup quite that long. It's oh, always, yeah, we, it's we, always we, long. Yes, but we, like, I did notice that when, yeah. we, uh, when we were coming out of the panel a little, a little earlier this morning. No, it, but it got longer than After that. After I left? Oh, yeah, when I was like walking by, it like went to like, you know, the other rooms and snaked a little bit. Well, now, hmm. the, the, the snaking around seems to be a bit of a theme as well. Um, over the last couple hours, Anime North has released uh, statements on their various social media accounts. I'll, uh, I'll quote the Twitter account, um, which was released two hours ago. Due to very strong sales, we have had to cap all admission sales in order to manage crowding at the convention and are no longer available online or at the door. This is unprecedented. That'll mean that there is no Sunday tickets tomorrow. Um, I spoke with uh, James on the phone just before I came down here uh, earlier, and I asked him, because he's sort of in the know of this stuff, what has been the attendance figures in recent years for Anime North? And he said that, um, well, are we looking, at, looking it up on Wiki, it, there's nothing there, but he would have imagined that 2019 
would have gotten between 30 to 35,000. The 2018 show finished just short of 35,000. It was, according to Wikipedia, 34,590. Individual? We presume. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what, what figures into the number. Is it, is it passes, uh, total number of passes bought? Is it staff? Does that figure in the number? So I guess we can have that debate at some other point. When Chris from social media did the show last night, he had hinted they were caught a little bit off guard, didn't anticipate this, and they are anticipating that the numbers will be comparable to 2019. And I've, I've heard it's potentially the biggest Anime North ever. Yeah, I think, it, I think if I'm to make a guess, um, and I haven't seen too much because I admit I haven't uh, been on, on campus, on, on the compound much as, as much today, but just watching, reading some of the social media posts and all those pictures, I think it's reasonable to think that Anime North will finally hit the 35,000 mark for the first time in history. And that's quite the feat, generally speaking, but considering the last two years, yeah. That's uh, one way, one hell of a way to uh, return from the, pan- from the pandemic. And I really hope that it's benefited the, um, the vendors and specifically the artists that are there um, because, you know, they've had, you know, two and a half, three years of uh, reduced sales, to say the least. Like, I know that Anime North tried to um, promote them uh, online, but that's probably not going to go too far. It didn't. Yeah, so it's, it must be, um, or hopefully it's amazing for them and they're selling out and things go well. I remember coming in on Friday night for Nomonoichi, and I was cutting it close as usual. Well, better than I did, actually. And I guess, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe this was because they wanted the lines more spread apart for social distancing purposes, but I have never seen them stretch the line past the north side of the Congress Center building, like, like the other building. Oh, as in the north building itself? Yes. Like, I had to go to some ass-backwards parking lot, like, literally at the back. I didn't even know this spot existed until Friday night. Is it the Long Martin Grove, or is it even behind the North building? It's, like, it's behind North building. Like, there's no, like exit way, there's no exit way to Martin Grove from where I was. Because you had to the, go completely around. Yes. The path to Martin Grove is in between the two buildings. But I was behind that. Yeah, okay, I, could, I think I've seen it before, actually. I had to drag four crates of my stuff. I, you know, I, I, oh. I, I, I was parked last night near Martin Grove myself. So imagine that, bringing my stuff, going back, and then bringing the podcast equipment all the way here. Yeah. That was a 20-minute walk. I was sweating through my shirt by that point because it, uh, it was that warm. It was really sweaty there. Um, and I was a little concerned with how crowded it was. Yeah. L- like concerned just from like a pandemic? point of view or yes yeah i was like hmm it might finally happen to me now <laughs> i think i think it is like excellent foresight as far as keeping the mask uh 
mandate in place because I feel like um, there was probably a big amount of people or a large amount of people who were thinking like, oh, things are getting better. Everyone's taking mask mandates away. Why, why are you doing, why is it staying? And then, you know, with, you know, things as they are in the world right now, I think it ended up being sort of, you know, a very, um, you know, good, bad thing, your perspective, whatever. Uh, but uh, I think it will put a lot of people at ease, make people uh, feel safer, um, regardless of how effective you think it is. I think it will have an impact. And I think that's, you know, it ended up being an amazing thing. Of course, it's going to be a talking point. Um, talking with James earlier, he told me about the policies that will happen at uh, upcoming conventions, I think in, in Manitoba and then Otakuthon in Montreal. And he said, that isn't as much there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this will get a little bit interesting. And of course, we know about what happened at Anime Expo. Before we uh, get to maybe day two impressions, and maybe Kevin and I can talk Noma Noichi, or the Noma Noichi experience. Amy. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. To the listener, am I allowed to say this? Yeah, yeah, go okay. ahead. <laughs> to the listeners out, uh, out there and to the listeners in this room, I'm going to introduce to you Amy Gregg who, um, if you listened to the uh, recording we, I put up on Thursday night, um, has come out to us as trans, yeah. as transgender. So um, thank you for, for that. That was, um, it was a listen, not always the most comfortable thing to listen to, but in a good way, because it, it was very thought provoking. Um, I know, speaking, I know Mohammed has messaged uh, the group um, showing his support. I know James, I, I, he probably hasn't been in touch, but he was, he was touched by, the, by, the, by um, your monologue, by your On My Mind. Um, and I was too. Um, please know we, you have our support. Um, I know that speaking for a lot of the people who run Anime North, you'll, you have their support already. Um, please also understand we're going to trip up in trying to understand what is going on here uh, or trying to understand a little bit more of what you're going through in your journey. And um, maybe there's at, at a point we'll do talk a little bit more anecdotes, maybe some of my own experiences because, um, well, we are on the topic of 25 years of Anime North, a little more than 25 years ago. Um, my eldest cousin came out to us, came out of the closet as lesbian, and I was processing that at the time. So um, this is part of the uh, part of the banner now, and I know you'd have. You, there's a lot of people who will you will be able to find support, in, and thank you for doing this at Anime North, because I understand it sounded like you were comfortable to do it here. So yeah. Thanks. And that was like a main part of uh, why I decided to make the recording, because I was pretty sure at that point that um, I wanted to, um, I guess, be me for Anime North this year. And I didn't want to just suddenly come on the podcast like I usually do at the conventions. And uh, suddenly there's like a new name with a uh, sometimes similar voice um, with no explanation. 
And so, yeah, I wanted to make that recording. Uh, the only regret I have uh, with making that recording is at the very end, um, I signed off with and I'm out. And that was not an intentional pun. It's just a normal thing people say with like radio type things. And I realized it after and I cringed and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the most like cliche like thing ever. And everyone's going to think that because it's like a coming out recording. And it's like, and I'm out. It's like, are you kidding me? That was a whoosh moment for me. I didn't even <laughs> don't think know it until no, you said I, it right I didn't, now. It never, really, uh, it never really dawned upon me, so don't, uh, don't stress that part. Um, what I didn't realize at the time in the recording is you were talked about, you, about voice training. Yeah. I thought I'd ask about that for a second. Because that never really dawned upon me. I can see the logic now that you brought it up. But yeah. it never really dawned upon me that you have to retrain your voice. It's, you know, it's definitely a process, like everything. Um, I did um, hire a voice trainer uh, local in Toronto, but of course, since all of this, um, at least the voice training aspect, uh, started in the pandemic, it's of course been uh, via Zoom or similar video conferencing. Um, it's a lot of uh, different exercises. Um, I previewed one of like the passages for reading. Um, yeah. Any other specific questions about voice no, training? No, I thought I'd just ask yeah. to start. Just to see, like, as I said, it just never dawned upon me. So I thought I'd just uh, bring it up at the moment. Um, there's, other, there's a whole bunch of other thoughts I have. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll tie, it in, I'll tie this thought into the more, at least Japanese stuff, if not anime stuff. Um, about three, four years ago, there was this NHK documentary about about a, a, a high school student who was about to go undergo transformation. And then he, was, he or she, eventually, mm -hmm. was able to find support in, in, her, in her classmates. They, and then as she completed the transformation, she just thought, okay, this isn't where I want to be either. So by the end of the documentary, um, they, they are pretty much non-binary at that point. It was a pretty powerful piece. Um, unfortunately, it's, I can't seem to find it now. I pass it on to people who I know are experiencing something in, the, in that realm. So, and I, if I find it, I will shuttle it to you in some form, because I thought it was a really, really well-done piece, considering what we know about Japan and when it comes to um, LGBTQ issues. We could probably fill like an hour or two yeah, on just that subject. Like obviously, like you know what? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, like and I, I just want to acknowledge it. Yeah, like as I said in the recording, like there are so many like um, weird things about Japan, like the fact that it is relatively safe for LGBT people, but when it comes to like getting a job, married, um, legal status, all that kind of stuff, it's still archaic. So. Yeah, we've, and we've brought yeah. it up before. Yeah. And in, in when we've talked various headlines. Okay, so let's uh, get on to a little bit more, well, back on track. <laughs> um, where do you want to go? Uh, do you want to talk Nomonoichi or do you want to talk Day 2 uh, as a whole? Because, well, neither, well, Kevin and I have been busy for much of Day 2, uh, not necessarily here. I only have one thing to talk about. Um, we did Nomonoichi last night um, after two years or after, well, three years now. Mm -hmm. Okay, impressions, how'd you do? 
I did pretty okay. I uh, did better than I thought, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't get rid of a lot of manga, and which is usually the heaviest thing, but I'll be honest, I did not price my manga competitively on purpose. You priced it to win. <laughs> I, priced it to not, I priced it to not make a loss. Okay, there you go. In the spirit of the flea market, depending on what the item was. Yeah. Uh, certain things I did want to just get rid of, so some of those things were dirt cheap. Uh, but I will say I got rid of some of my items that took up bigger space. So I uh, got rid of my Yakuza 6 Collector's Edition. Good for With you. the nice <laughs> shot glasses. And I got rid of my Tonto Quarry game set, which I'm going to miss playing, but I thought it was just time to let it go, too. So yeah. while they were lighter, but they took up a lot of space, so it was just nice to have that out of my hands. Um. For me, it was, I think I did sell a lot of things dirt cheap ultimately, but remember when we went through the collection uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, when you and Mo visited, we mm -hmm. ended up picking items that, I, that you knew that I was not wasn't uh, nearly attached to and thought was okay with very much letting go. So, you know, if you saw me that, uh, that day, saw me last night, you'll know you probably got an okay deal off of me if there was something you wanted. Right, and I'm not. You know, th there's a bittersweet feeling with some of them. You do hold a, some degree of emotional attachment, but you also know, okay, what does it really do for you in the long run? So, my three art books from Dead or Alive. This uh, basically swimsuit issues. Cool. Somebody got that. Big Dead or Alive fan. Nice. Um, somebody there. My replicants. That was surprising. I, well, some, somebody, you know what? It just wouldn't shock me if he's going to flip them. Are they actually worth anything? Like, not being sarcastic, just genuinely curious. I don't know. But the thing is, if you were into models, like, I mean, yeah, there's a good, that's a good cross-section of history from the late 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, you had some retro stuff in there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kamichu, gone. Yeah, Fine, Kamichu, um, you can't... How much you never got re-released? Yeah, I think, well, I think this one was person who bought it was actually a fan, too, for starters. Oh. I can see you in my dreams, the o o OVA and the, um, and the television short series. Uh, somebody mm -hmm. had the TV series, but he said he never watched it because he never want, he had yet to see the OVA. And so I, you know, he bought both off of me because I was only going to sell them as a set. And I just told, told him... The OVA is nice. If you watch that first, then dial down your expectations <laughs> for the TV series because it, the TV series isn't all that great at all. And it's kinda, it kind of reboots the story, to be quite honest with you. Other stuff I'm trying to remember that I sold in it, um, Romeo X Juliet, that was sealed. Co um, the first, the Funimation releases that they did for Kodocha, found a fan. And I just asked her name a price and it was a good price. So that went. I'm trying to remember some of it because a lot of it did go, and I, and now I now now what the, exactly they were is kind of blurry in my memory <laughs> at my age. But I'm glad somebody found stuff that they wanted to find. I mean, um, high school girls. Somebody wanted the DVD set. Really pressed hard to haggle me down. He ultimately uh, did. So okay, that's fine. But I want to sell that in the manga as well. But about ten minutes later, somebody found the manga oh, good. and wanted it. And 
they ran off with and you know so lots of uh, good stuff um, I, uh, I gave a deal on uh, some old promotional material uh, that Central Park Media once did when oh, they neat. when they started to dabble in boys love stuff so, so I mean the list goes on and on and overall I'm happy with how it went I, I left with I came in with two boxes and very much had one when I, by the time I left, after about an hour and a half, because I had to come here to tape <laughs> in this little empty, empty room. So there's, there's, my, there's, well, there's my thing. And, um, you know, the thing is, did I undercut myself? Did I sell things dirt cheap? Probably. Will I have plenty of second chances to make it up with anything else I intend to sell? Uh, absolutely, because um, <laughs> Kevin knows that. Yes, you do. There's plenty of second chances in this, in that, in, in the, uh, in the vault. There. You have so much shit, Mike. It's, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, you would need like three tables if you were to bring everything. No, I, 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 I you might, you might, um, half a block, <laughs> half a block might be safe. Yeah. And then, an end, or at the very least, an end table and the two surrounding tables on either side. Like we did, I think we barely went through a quarter of it, or like a third of it when um, when I visited. Uh, Quarter would have been ambitious. Okay. <laughs> Other parts of day two, because um, Amy, yeah, what did you see on day two? Uh, so I think that the um, after I uh, visited you briefly, um, I did eventually, thankfully, get to see the Katsura Sunshine panel. Uh, so I forget if we've mentioned on the podcast. I think we, we have. mentioned. I, I pushed it, and I'm. This will be my regret from Anime North because at the rate things are going, I will see nothing <laughs> of Katsura Sunshine. And he has me very curious because I've seen a lot of his interviews. I've seen some of the stuff he did for NHK World, and it was interesting. So no. I would have been curious to see the guy in person, but with the way my sched- my own personal schedule is is set up. Especially tomorrow, when he does um, when he does an actual traditional yeah. performance, I'm not mm. totally sure I'll be able to see it, and that'll be a regret. But th- yeah, I'm definitely going to try to get into that. Uh, today's panel was actually was pretty interesting. Um, he was comparing um, uh, anime series. I got in a little bit late, so I didn't get the title, but it was about Rakugo. Um, the, the anime that was about it. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, Descending Stories. Show oh, okay. Rakugo Shinju. I'm missing one word. Towards the end, but yes, that's a very good series. Yeah, it looked good even from the little clips. But um, he was going through it and uh, talking about like what was accurate, what was inaccurate, mm. um, and like sort of uh, telling uh, stories, um, like relating uh, to it. So like if because mm. there was like one scene where there's like the naming ceremony for apprentices. Okay. Um, and it's this very like you know formal thing where the master is like writing the name and giving them. Uh, the name, and it was, um, it's always, like, the master's uh, surname, mm-hmm. um, and then, uh, like, a variation of that for the uh, new apprentice's name. Yeah, um, and so sorry was, to interrupt, yeah. I know that's his, that's part of his story, too. Yeah, actually. so, like, how he got sunshine, which is, would be, like, sunshine um, in Japanese, like, san as in three, because, like, all the apprentices had three, so san as part of their oh. name. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great... Um, It was a great panel. Um, He had a lot of his presentation skills that were like very much on display. Uh, Even though he was doing kind of a more traditional panel, it still kind of felt like uh, storytelling um, throughout, which I think, you know, was perfect. Perfect for him. Uh, 
is this one of those, okay, would he have agreed with or been said this was plausible in his own experience type stuff? For, for most of it, um, you know, he was saying that uh, because there's so much variation like between like Osaka and Tokyo, um, that uh, it's a little bit unusual um, that I think there was one serious character and one more like bright character because he was saying that usually you'd have like one style at one school. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seemed like things were pretty, um, accurate as far as well-researched. At the end of the panel, someone asked the question if, uh, he thought that, uh, the, uh, actors were trained in, uh, like, Rakugo style, and he was like, that's a great question, uh, and the answer was probably not, uh, hmm. But on kind of on purpose because he was like, I'm not sure it would have been appealing like for um, at least the anime directors uh, to have like actual Rakugo style performance. Um, and he said they probably could have if they needed to. Like it would only take a week to fake it, pretty much. He said, <laughs> or at least to train to get the cadence and like the rhythm. Um, so like there's elements of it. Like it wasn't like nothing, but you mm-hmm. know it also wasn't accurate to like how Rakugo is performed. Okay. Okay. Well, it, it, certainly he had, it sounded like his senses were his, his, his own spidey senses were tingling. Yeah, like the, the, the setting was similar so like the theater, it was an accurate portrayal of that. He had stories about like that compared his experiences with the appre- apprentices on the screen. Uh, so yeah, it was interesting. Uh, as I said, I'm going to end up regretting it. Seriously, end up regretting it. So... I always feel like with Anime North, the paneling is its strength. And by paneling, then this is not to denigrate the volunteer panelists that come every year, but the, the seasoned panelists that we get every year is a real treat. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just that, I, as I said, my regret is I, it's, it's just likely I'll be able to, uh, unfortunately, miss it. So... And uh, a Anything little else. Yeah, a little later, I saw the um, YTV uh, and its impact on uh, the fandom uh, panel. Oh, how was that? Um, it was really good. Um, the, I mean, unfortunately, like as a media arts teacher, the PowerPoint presentation, I had a lot of suggestions that I kept <laughs> to myself. <laughs> um, but as far as like the knowledge base that the presenter had, it was fantastic. Martin mm. Hisu, I know who he is. Yeah. So. Yeah, but it was it was a great like everyone. I think it really appealed to like a, I mean the audience. It was it was a packed house, and uh, he was surprised that it, it filled up because um, I think the last time he did a similar panel, it didn't quite uh, uh, fill up. So, oh. uh, but you know, people were cheering when they heard certain series. Like you know, just the mention of Sailor Moon uh, got cheers. Um, but other like series as well that were you know a little bit more surprising maybe. Um, Metabots got to cheer, which was nice. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we talked about all the different connections about how, uh, like, so many of the uh, Sailor Moon um, and other Nelvana casts um, still live in the GTA. Um, you know, talked about, um, you know, unfortunately, the different, um, you know, passings, uh, Kirby Morrow, um, several of the Sailor Moon voice actors. Um, but, you know, fondly remembering them as well, which was nice. Um, you know, the acquisition of Teletoon, like it, it pretty much went through the entire like chorus related um, 
anime history, um, which, you know, was sort of a fascinating, like, modern history lesson. Yeah. So, so basically, there is a lot of good content up until maybe 2008, and then there's not a lot of new content from 2009 to now. Essentially, and, and one of the questions, you know, was like, are you going to bring Bionics back as like a streaming service or, can't, or you know, did he think they should? Um, and it's kind of unclear, right? Like, it's not like really something, you know, he could answer. Um, he worked at YTV? Uh, chorus, yeah. Yeah, is he the, is was it the is it the anime man or whatever the anime zone or no, no, so he, he, re the, he revealed oh, okay. that he was the anime master at yeah the that's what I was thinking yes yeah. yes I remember that dude which was I think a secret at the time but he did also mention that he did appear I think on Vortex um, one of the YTV uh, programming blocks so I think it's not the hugest or biggest secret but if I'm not mistaken Jesse did do an interview with him right on More his own podcast, I'm, I, I feel like he did. Yes, and this would have been something that Jesse would have easily sunk in his teeth into, because this is all part of his own. Because Jesse was, has been in contact with him, if I'm not mistaken. Jesse, you can correct me <laughs> if that's not the case. Assuming he listens these days. Okay. <laughs> um, see, okay, just to, just on your last question about mm -hmm. the whole streaming services bit. Um, it's worth mentioning, in the mid-aughts, I believe it was in the mid-aughts, I forgot the exact year, um, the owner of, of YTV at the time, which was, which was Shaw, I think, not Chorus, or maybe it was Chorus, actually, they did receive a license to run a, a linear anime channel. Oh, I remember this. Hmm. Yeah, and they, but they never acted on it. And I applied, around the same time, I applied for a, a part-time job with them, to offer their forms. And they, like, I told them about my intention. Maybe this was, looking back, this might have been not been the <laughs> biggest thing to do. But I told them about, uh, that I was aware of this application. They seemed surprised that anybody would know about it. But they also seemed like they knew about it themselves. So, um, they told me, and I guess this is corporate speak, that I left a good impression, but they, decide to go internally on the, or either they went internally or they decide not to fill the position and have present staff fill it. But I left, I left with, with, uh, with pretty good feelings regardless because I just thought uh, it was just a fun conversation and I'd like to think they enjoyed it too. But uh, yeah, we're talking, I think we're talking almost around the time Anime Roundtable started. Mm. Yeah. So we could be talking in 2004, somewhere between 2004 to 2006. <sighs> Those were the golden years of <laughs> anime in Canada. And uh, around that time, Anime Network, which was just a, a VOD service. Yeah, from for, ADV. Yeah, from ADV. The, that briefly did show up as well on most systems in Canada. So... My, my favorite question that he got was uh, someone asked why did they show uh, the Gundam Wing movie, um, Endless Waltz, before they showed the actual series. Oh, yeah. Um, and his answer was it was before he was hired. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, you can ask why Animigo opted to take out the Kimigori Orange Road OAV series and the movie, uh, I want to return to that day, before taking out the TV series. Mm. Oh, you know what? That reminds me, uh, not Kimigori, but I just remember the commercial for Gundam Wing Endless Waltz, and they, they had a line where they said, Endless Waltz has Endless Waltz, and they just 
did this quick clip of like people dancing in a ballroom. Well, it sounds like a YTV commercial. <laughs> endless quite waltzes, honest with endless you. waltz. <laughs> And it did, does not have endless waltzes. Mm. I mean, I'll always remember all of the different uh, times that they had to rhyme Dragon Ball Z with 5.30 or 4.30, oh, yeah. depending on when they, like, what time slot they put it in. Um, there's lots of great uh, memories with YTV. And, like, one of the coolest things, apparently, um, the second time they uh, featured Anime North um, on uh, The Zone, uh, I think attendance spiked. Uh, I mean, according to his panel, 60% like the next year. Um, mm. So like, you know, whatever factors went into that increase, you know, I'm not sure if you could make a direct correlation. But like, I think that there, you know, the impact like one TV channel had like on, um, you know, the country as far as the fandom um, is like huge. And it's it's different from... Like what the states had, I think. Like with something like Toonami Adult Swim, like it seems so much more broad. Like it, you know, it just affected like a like a more like spread out cultural zeitgeist, um, where you know everyone kind of knows Toonami. They know that robot guy. Like you know, there's a shared knowledge. But like I feel with Canada and especially Toronto, there's like this interesting shared passion that we have you know, uh, a Sailor Moon convention that ran out of the, the Science Center. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we had, like, when I, um, there were some writers um, and voice actors that came a few years ago, and they're commenting about, about things like, yeah, for some reason, Canada really loved Zatch Bell more than the U.S. did. Um, yeah. And there's, there's that's so a, many... That's a common line. Yeah, there's like, so many interesting like situations. Yeah. They like, liked Witch Hunter Robin a lot more, too. Yeah. We did, I shouldn't say. Because we had less options, maybe. <laughs> we <laughs> did not have a lot of options, no. And, yes, it's weird how certain things just hit off a lot better here than our neighbors. So, like, Witch Hunter Robin, Gundam Seed. Yeah, Gundam Seed's huge. <laughs> and look how Canada is looked at as a market. <laughs> like, like shit it's it's less i think celebrated but i'm pretty positive inuyasha is more popular here like it might be less extreme compared to something like sailor moon but um i think especially like of a certain generation like canadians have like i th i think for so many people like change uh change the world is probably the first japanese opening so many people heard and it's kind of surreal because yeah. like we had like the modified version of the sailor moon opening but for so many anime fans we have the two weird dragon ball z openings both canadian and american and both are are strange um but you know as far as like it's Japanese like openings are pretty rare and to have it in japanese even though the show is in Eng english dubbed um i think like caught people off guard. I mean, it happened with Gundam Wing as well. Just communication is a classic. Yeah. Um, but with those series, it sort of opened people up to like, oh, Japan has these, this entire, like, I've, I think I've rambled about how much I like openings before, but like, Ooh, you know, the art form. Well, we're, we're, we're in agreement here. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're in agreement. So I wish we can go a little bit more on this. Uh, but as I said, it's like this tells you a little bit about how uh, 
the little nuances about Canadian anime fandom compared to American anime fandom. And boy, boy, if well, uh, maybe we, we become so protective because we have to go to maybe a little bit more greater lengths to be able to see things. So you're so that whole what we get, not being picky. I almost never went out on Friday nights because of Bionics <laughs> back in high school. That was a common sentiment in the panel. People's like, uh, he asked, like, how many of you planned your Friday nights around uh, Bionics? And like a good number of people rose to hand. Yeah, there you go. Good times, though. I mean, I never really, I never hung out to watch it because I was always watching on DVDs or <laughs> other, other means or just whatever. But I under, Other but, means. Well, we're talking <laughs> odds, right? Yeah. But... There's a certain respect I, I have for that, for back then, right? Even though I never watched it nearly as much. And now it's all gone. Well, that's the sad part, isn't it? Because well, there's, no there's no reason to see how it can't work here, still. Still? Yeah. Oh, you but mean the, like the block or... Like any block. Yeah. Give me something, man. I like, haven't had cable... <laughs> in so many years well, at for this me point. it's just yeah because i think it's still the streaming thing right like i have a lot of nostalgia for it like i i loved broadcast tv like it was it was great but you know i it's not part of my life anymore and i don't think a programming block would encourage me to make it part of my life. Those, those I'd be jealous of those who who did. Like, I remember maybe not the last couple years, but there were times, maybe like five years ago, when I'd come to Anime North, and having cable at the hotel room was a cool like you know novelty. <laughs> like it was like, oh, what's 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 on YTV right now? It was nostalgic. It was it was fun. Um, but yeah. But yeah. not for me personally purchase purchasing. Mm. I, I likely wouldn't watch it now, but man, it kind of sucked during university. Granted, I was out a lot more at that point because Anime Club was usually on Friday nights for me, but it, it left a big hole. Yeah. That has not well, been filled. Well, the thing was, I think, I think um, it sounds like it was Friday nights... YTV was an anime club for a lot of uh, high schoolers. So, well, as I said, this is a kind of a cross section of the stuff that caught our attention. This is Anime North. Anime North has a lot of things. If you want a lesson on something, you want to learn something new, you want a history lesson, you'll find it. Just uh, leaf through the survival guide just enough. And, and we're not even scratching the surface. There was a lot. I know there's a lot going on here. I barely saw anything of it. I learned what anime's strongest tree is. What's that? I don't want to give that away. They might redo the <laughs> panel. It was an amazing panel. I will say that like the, the number one was maybe not a surprise if you know anything about trees in anime and fiction in general. <laughs> the strongest tree is not... is You can figure it out. The second strongest tree was a complete surprise, though. Um, Kamui Woods, unfortunately, from My Hero Academia, he did not do so well. Um, only 25, <clears throat> 25 life points. That's one way to put it. The, the winner was like 1,700. I'll have to look up the reference later. Um, okay, for myself, uh, if I'm to pull, pull out one thing, it is, I did have a panel earlier this morning, which 
Unfortunately, with all the other things that had happened throughout the convention, um, well, it wasn't well attended, to be quite honest with you, which was okay with me, because then people wouldn't have to see me fall flat on my face trying to do a panel. Now, Mike. Well, now you're, and you're making me worry, uh, Amy, because saying you're a media <laughs> arts teacher, that was the first time I had ever used PowerPoint for a present mm. for anything. So I'd like to think you'll, you'd grade me just a little lightly on this one, just for the first attempt. From what little I saw, you avoided some common mistakes. So I was, I was very proud of you for that. <laughs> uh, thank you. At least it sounds like it's at least a passing grade. <laughs> Um, I won't go, uh, I think, and, and, and the timing might have been bad because of all that was going on outside with uh, people trying to get in for the day. And I, I, we know we'll talk, uh, that's going to be the talk coming out, like in the weeks, in the, in the postmortem. But I was okay with how it went. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciate uh, the people who uh, decided to come in and listen to the story. I think um, really, uh, really, really thought well of it. So and uh, I won't say any more about it because I'm gonna actually talk just a little bit more about it towards the end. But I think, but looking back, um, maybe my mistake was keeping away so many details before, so I didn't really hype it up. Mm-hmm. I wish we could uh, talk about other stuff, but in the end, the anime roundtable is always about the news, and we've missed a number of headlines. And maybe at a point we'll come back to those. But a few did stick out uh, for us that I think would work out for this episode. So let's um, delve into a couple headlines and then we'll uh, lighten things up just a little bit towards the end. Um, So almost early in the week, we learned a little bit more about the cause of death of the creator of Mm -hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh. According to autopsy reports, Kazuki Takahashi drowned after boaters, uh, boaters spotted his body off the coast of Okinawa while he was vacationing. His body was discovered on July 6th, but autopsy had determined he had actually died two days earlier in some sort of snorkeling accident since his body was found with such gear. In the roughly 10 days since, there have been an outpouring of condolences from fans with some noteworthy ones coming from Western voice actors mm-hmm. who played many of his Yu-Gi-Oh characters mm. and, and had met up with him on his visits to the States. Many of his Japanese peers would talk about his love for tabletop games from Mahjong to RPGs. But what was consistent in all the tributes was that it sounded like Takahashi was a fan first and foremost and never seemed too big of himself. So, what part of his legacy do we want to start with? His professional one with Yu-Gi-Oh! specifically, or just him and the impacts he had on individuals in the industry? Um, I hate making this comparison, but one of the tributes did come from George Morikawa, the creator of Hajime no Ippo. We know last year he was very close to Kentaro Miura and talked at length about him when he passed away. And um, ironically, we talked about him at Anime North as well last year. So it's maybe a bit of a downer that we talk about the death of another mangaka. But there's an interesting legacy. I mean, I mean, I, as I said, this is, might be an apples and oranges argument to compare Berserk to Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, there's a legacy that's different but cool in its own way. Right? I mean... I think about the I think about Yugi, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh being the follow-up for kids' follow-up to having the Pokemon series. 
Yeah, I'd say so. And then maybe in many respects, uh, in well, we can debate if it surpassed it. I think it certainly maintained, and maybe uh, probably uh, popularized trading card, uh, th- those type of trading card games. Probably solidified the popularity o- uh, outside of Japan. Yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh! TCG's popularity has endured through all these years. Mm-hmm. It's intuitive. It's the only one I've ever learned how to play a little bit, even. Like, it's less complicated than Pokemon. Yeah. So, we have that. Um, I, I, I really don't know what to, what to say about, about all of this at the moment. Uh, I mean, I was never into Yu-Gi-Oh! I watched the first couple episodes of the anime series. So some of the wor- some of his words uh, were from some of the voice actors from that series, and they talked about him po- posing with him and just being a fan. The the Western voice actor tribute that stood out to me was uh, Eric Stewart, um, <laughs> where he and you know who knows the validity of this, but he mentioned that in talking with uh, Takahashi that. Uh, Stewart's version of Kaiba was his favorite, which, ah. you know, regardless of, I guess, you know, if he was telling the truth, like, how amazing must that have felt, like, as an actor um, to, to say, okay, your, your version is, is my favorite. Like, he might have said that to every voice actor from every <laughs> country he visited. But, like, I think that, um, you know, it, it speaks to, you know, you don't necessarily hear about... Um, mangakas and um, these author artists and having like those kind of intimate and and friendly um, moments and you know I think that you know through all the stories it seems like uh, Kazuki Takahashi was a very genuine person um, and artist um, if you think about the legacy of of Yu-Gi-Oh people probably think, oh, it's, it's a mass marketing, you know, cash cow thing, like what's the artistic integrity here? But, you know, if you look at those early chapters, like before the trading card game uh, stuff dominated, there's some really, I mean, it's dark, but it's like, it's, it's essentially a kid's horror manga. Uh, but it's this, the, creati- the creativity is so, uh, so strong there. And I'm really thankful he was able to kind of take the story back um, at the end and kind of downplay the, the you know, mass marketing type of things. And I think that, like, maybe ironically, it's because of how successful the marketing parts were that he was able to leverage that. Um, but even just as an artist, how many, like, card illustrations uh, oh, this which, man which, did, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's astounding because I think he was the illustrator for almost all of them, if not, you know, if not all of them. Like, I remember when I was you know, playing and collecting the cards, at the bottom, every single one, at least for those first few sets, said Kazuki Takahashi, uh, versus, um, you know, with the Pokemon trading card game, you know, a different approach, and I think both are valid and, and creativi- uh, creatively interesting, but like, you know, with Pokemon, almost every card was a different artist, so um, the authorship stuff, but yeah, like, it, it, it really seems like he was a great guy, and I think that, you know, all of these, like, all death is tragic, of course, but um, the impact Yu-Gi-Oh! had on fans and actors um, for so many reasons, I think, was profound. Like, it was trending for quite a few days. Yeah. Um, On that topic, since you mentioned um, 
you know, uh, well, I forgot the voice actor's name again. Uh, Eric Stewart. Stewart mentioning mentioning uh, Takahashi enjoyed his work in that role as Ka- as Kaiba. Migumi Ogata, one of the other tributes that was that stuck out to me. Like Ogata mentioned that they were the first choice of Takahashi to mm. play Yuki. Oh, cool! Mm. Right, that's what they, that that's what um, Ogata mentioned in their tribute. So I thought, you know, it, it just makes me think of other voice actors, and then hearing the reactions of other people, probably closer to the creators. Mm-hmm. Lisa Ortiz, when she, I, I've always told this story about Lisa Ortiz, and how um, her interpretation of Lena Inverse was received um, by Japanese producers and people thought and the Slayers producers back in Japan thought her impression of of Lena Inverse was very well done too Mm -hmm. so who knows if it's he was just saying that but yeah it means something to say I enjoyed how you interpreted my character Mm -hmm. right Well, uh, it was also noted, what else? You know, you, 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 you kind of hit an interesting point to me where you started, we started to talk about him as a person. It sounded like just a fan, just a fun character to hang around. In the, years, in the year after, we, after um, Mira passed away, we talked, uh, there was a lot of talk about him, you know, about his earnestness, right? In the case of Izumi Matsumoto, um, we learned a little bit about how his failing health in his later days. Even Togashi, these days, we learn about his health issues. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a degree of, you know, fallib- uh, fallibility may not be the word I'm looking for, but just the idea we can identify with, their, with some of the things they go through as, as people, or some of the things they, they act just the fact that you can identify with something they're going through or the way they are or their personalities. And I think that might be, that, it just sounds like that could be the positive spin on, like, on when you think of Takahashi as a person. He was just, you know, made you feel comfortable. You can re- probably be very, very relatable. Um, hmm. Well... One other thing to also have mentioned in the, that, that was put in the reports was that he was also politically active. Oh, oh. yeah. Uh, the, no, just I remember, like, there, at least there was a lot of buzz on, on Twitter that um, he, was, he was very um, anti-war, um, which, you know, kind of went against the prime minister at the time. Um, and, you know, there is, there's a lot, there's an widely circulated after his passing artwork of, uh, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! characters and basically going, you know, go vote, uh, Mm. which is, I hope, was a successful version of Pokemon Go to the Polls, but actually Hmm. uh, coming Hmm. from the source uh, this time. But, like, there was clearly a passion there, um, and I think a lot of, of, well, I don't want to say a lot, you know, you know, some artists like uh, being passionate about like peace and connection and sort of, um, you know, international, you know, bo- you know, bonding and um, cooperation. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm definitely dancing around an elephant in the room about um, another death that happened recently, and I don't know how much you want to go into that. So okay, let's that's go. Well, why let's I'm dancing start, around it. Let's start. Let's uh, oh, do an endless waltz here. So oh, are we? Are we really? <laughs> no, no, no. The endless waltz is maybe dancing around it. Um, yes, yes. I guess we do have to at least acknowledge uh, Shinzo Abe's assassination last week. Um, yeah, I'm going to put that on the back burner, to be quite honest. Please do. Um, <laughs> because uh, you know what? You know who does want to, who I'm trying to get to talk about it, and maybe he might? Neil? We talked, uh, we talked over the last week. We Actually, I spoke with him this afternoon, and we're going to try and get him to, do, uh, to come on, to be up behind the mics again. And on top of that, I also found out that... Uh, that our old friend Mohammed Abdul Hadi, old Mo, Mo A, is <laughs> set to visit his um, his mother and sister here in Canada sometime in the next couple weeks. And if you remember back in 2018, after we did Anime North there, after our return episode, we did an episode, or I did an episode with just Neil and Mo. And we're going to try and do it again. And yeah, he had a lot to say about <laughs> about um, Shinzo Abe. So I think he's the probably the best person. Like mm. uh, amongst us, amongst this circle, amongst the people who have sat around at the table over the past sixteen years, he might be um, the most interesting person to talk to on this subject. And. Um, I hope you guys will take a listen to it when, when he does. But on the topic of Japanese politics, and here's what you hope the, the go to oh vote go to vote is where where you hoped it worked. Abe was killed two days before the upper house elections, the house of I believe it's called, called the House of Councillors. And as expected, Abe's ruling Liberal Democratic Party won a convincing majority of the seats up for election, and in the process. Manga creator, Kenakamatsu. Oh, yes. Negima. Love right. Hina. Well, those are the two I know. Eats Dante My Santa. Oh, for God. And those, are the, and those are the two I want to mention. What was the Negima sequel? Yuki Holder. Holder. Yes. Yeah. That he, like, um, pretended wasn't the sequel, and then, like, all these Negima characters kept showing yeah. up. Yeah. It was later on, like, much later in the serialization, where he slightly updated the title to say um, Magis Magister Negimagi <laughs> 2. He has a history of like pretending things are one thing. Um, wasn't that like the story behind Negima that he, um, yeah. he wanted to do like a battle shown in action series and the editors were like, please do another uh, harem. And he was like, okay. And then like, I think he like did. every two chapters it gets slightly more battly or something. It or every was, two like volumes. Uh, it was the Kyoto arc, I believe, is when it started having more of those action scenes in them. And then the school festival arc is when it yeah, yeah. made that transition <laughs> complete. Not to say that it, he still doesn't throw in the panty shots and the other fan service moments, but at that point, Nejima was doing too well that the editors just couldn't let him stop doing that. Oh, there you go. Um, just for reference, uh, a thought on just the way they do the upper house elections, the upper house, the house of councillors, I believe, is somewhere in the neighborhood of 228 seats. People elected are done on a, th on, um, 
are elected on a six-year term. Every three years, half of the seats go up for re-election. So the chamber is never dissolved. It's continuously running in that sense. And maybe what might be of most interest is of the half seats, so let's say if it's 225 or 250, I think give or take, there's roughly 50, so in, in, in any given upper house election, there's 125. Of those roughly 125, give or take, roughly 50 of them are set aside in a, in a proportional representation Mm-hmm. type system. So there are so so there's elections based on districts, but then they, I think they take the popular vote in some form and then give out the remaining 50 seats based on that on that popular vote. And that's how Akamatsu became uh, became a member of the diet. He was high enough on that pecking order that he was able to gain a seat through the proportional representation portion of the election. Has he expressed that he wanted to be a politician well, before? Well, we did mention this in December because he hadn't... This is actually a follow-up to a story that we brought up back in December. Um, I don't know if you were on at the time. I'm pretty sure Kevin was. Pretty sure James was. Pretty sure Mo was, but I don't think he said too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, met, he announced his intention to run for the House of Councillors. So this okay. is a follow-up. This is... He had made it known... He's been active. We've known this for some years, right? Um, he's been a longtime advocate for freedom of expression. Uh, let's call it the positive spin on the term, because I know, I know time has, I know recent years has kind of added another connotation. Mm-hmm. But yes, that's he's been a big advocate for that. He has come out against various proposed expansions of both censorship and copyright laws over the last decade. So uh, the, taking, uh, the taking out of concepts of Lolicon, I think, was, was one thing. I mean, I'm trying to look up uh, some of the, uh, <laughs> no, some of the uh, interesting stuff that uh, was brought up. That he, um, freedom of expression. I'm just looking uh, over this, and I should have written it down in my own notes. Supported by many... Um, No, uh, well, I, I lost my uh, lost my place here. <laughs> well, but he was, but uh, but uh, what those uh, what those uh, specifically entailed because because they were topical and they were based on him going up against bills that proposed those changes. And at a point, he was asked by the LDP as an advisor of some sort. Okay. Mm. So this is how um, you know how he kind of got there. And uh, I thought it was a uh, kind of an interesting part. And as I said, I've lost my, uh, I sort of <laughs> lost my notes there. I'm afraid. So, like uh, the the specifics of the things he actually did get involved with. Uh, if I find it, or you know, if one of our listeners, maybe our sole listener, who <laughs> thank you so much for coming by, uh, is uh, able to find that, I'll, I'll we'll look it up. Well, and there's more than one person here. Well, yeah, but they're all friends. Not to say you're not either. <laughs> um, I'm not a friend, I'm an associate. Well, that's you. Norm, Norm, you want to. Actually, it'll be fun. Uh, maybe we should have you do the, the next segment with us, too. Yeah, uh, get the China shop ready. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. That's, well, without saying. Um, so, but in. Well, we mentioned that earlier that, so those, of course, are, are pretty noteworthy. 
kind of has me thinking about the rebellious nature of the industry, right? The, the, the rebellious nature of the industry and subject matter. Mm. So uh, maybe another topic for another time when the other two are around the table, figuratively. Um, in a more recent development, this week actually, um, he, uh, as, he, uh, as he accepted his, uh, his election, he's also looking to strengthen legal game preservation when it comes to retro games. Oh, so wow. this might be a, this might be another thing to keep up with in the very near future. So, as I said, we're probably going to follow up this follow up, and it might be worth mentioning in the next couple of weeks. And perhaps away from these topics, he also he also wants to remain an advocate for those who suffer from, you know, sadness, pain, isolation, loneliness, those type of things, which seems to be his most personal one since um, on the topic of people who like to put them put their own personal lives out there Monkaka specifically remember he put himself out there around the time he got married too he kind of made that known and talked about his feelings on marriage so um, congratulations to him let's see what uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens an interesting uh, an interesting person to now have on board considering the recognition of Soft power, <laughs> and the want to and the want to roll that a little bit more into into actual government policy in some form, whether it's promotion or marketing or whatever, helping tourism. Plenty of options, and you know, plenty of uh, ways to find out about that here at Anime North, where you can learn just about anything. But uh, as I said, a story worth keeping up with. Okay, how far are we into the recording? Oh, a little over an hour in. This is actually, we're actually making uh, okay time. Um, want to lighten it up. I see Norm's in the room. Do you want to sit down for a couple minutes, Norm? Yeah, Don't worry, I'm not going <laughs> to, aside from one little mention, I'm not really, well, I'm not out to put I you guys. Talk about now from last time. <laughs> well, come on, have a seat. It's been a while. Let's see if the microphone, like, unfortunately, microphone four, we found out, is, uh, has an issue right now. Yeah, hey, Hey, Amy, do you remember yeah. which side is actually known to be the front side? For, for all I know, I may have put the wrong side, uh, uh, wrong side facing. We'll find out the hard way in a couple minutes. So I, so we'll try. If ours are working, it should be the right side. I see numbers here. Yeah, and you see, and there's a little, like, the cardio, the little design you see on upside that. Upside down heart. Yeah, the upside down heart. And presumably, I think the upside down heart should be on Norm's side. How's it going, Norm? Which part you last me look at? Hey, Amy, you want to check? Yep. Uh, oh. Nope, no water. Oh, we're, right. <laughs> we're good. It's in the hotel. Okay, we'll try. <laughs> and I could, I'd say uh, I'd ask Norm to just uh, speak up a little bit, or maybe we can share the microphone for a couple minutes, yeah. okay? You don't mind, Amy? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, um, Norm, good to see you. Good. As always, yes, for your uh, yes. obligatory walk-on on the show. Um, you want me to sit there? Or is he going somewhere else? Uh, just going to try and get more water, I believe. Okay, but so you use this then? You can or use that one. You can sit on the sit on three for a couple minutes. Oh no, it's registering. Okay, it's okay, registering. Then. Well, it, but I don't know if it's because of the microphone or the other three microphones are picking him up. But well, give me a sec here. I, I can tell here. Eh, whatever. Um, you can whatever. have a seat, seat around a seat around the mic three for the third mic for a couple minutes if it's okay. Get the, uh... So, yeah, nothing like live. They well, actually let live. me walk in banks like this. Way to go. <laughs> I know. Okay, like... how's day? So, from your standpoint, how's day two? I mean, we've heard. 
How are you, how are you guys holding up? Well, where I'm working, we're uh, getting back into swing. It's, you know, I, I've had to get uh, some new, well, promote some new crew because we've lost some people. Uh, yeah, we gonna, mentioned it last, we talked about it last night too. Yeah. Well, so say I'm sorry. A fellow named Tom Smith was my tag team partner in Infamy here in Anime North. He's a technical wizard. Just a great guy and I really miss him. And we're missing, you know, but getting the other guys to step up, well, they're, they're getting into it. Uh, video wise, wherever we're supposed to be, we, uh, con wise, well, there's some things that aren't working, some things are, but it's like, boy, people want to come back. I think that's a big, that's a big takeaway I got. Oh, no, that's it's a whole world. That's wor- the big takeaway I got. The whole world's been on hold for all, well, 2020. And now people, they just want to get back out there, they want to enjoy themselves. They want to do something. They want to see people they haven't seen for almost three years. They want to have a good time. Well, I think that's part of it, yeah. yeah. Well, things I can comment. Last time you asked me about Thick Mignona, I said no comment. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask. Trust me, I wasn't no, no. going to ask. All I, want, I can say something about it now. I'm surprised, you know, with the lawyer he had in Texas, I'm surprised he isn't on death row now, Okay. Mm. Boy, something you know, but buddy, you should have kept your mouth shut and and not. I try not. I try not to keep up, to be honest. Well, that's why. That's why some people call him Vic Mangina for a reason. Well, no, but for me, it's like, buddy, there's times to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're fooled, and then open it and remove all doubt. And that's all. You asked me to comment on it last time, Uh, but I said no, we can't. Did I? Oh yeah. Like all those years ago. No, it, was a, it would have been like I'm trying to remember. 2019. Okay. And I said uh, we can't comment on it. Well, I, I would have I'll asked just say no before comment. we continued the recording. But that's see, that's another thing. Yet big, a big thing. The Me Too uh, movement over the last it just took off. Well, everybody got affected, including anime. But otherwise, well, anime North. It's like the happy. The happy the boss, mess. Okay, the boss here at the hotel, Bill Powers, not Bill Powers, who looks at Kenny Rogers now. He's, got, he's rocking with the uh, COVID beard. So it looks good on you. His boss talking to me, he said, when they took the uh, mandates off, or lowered, lowered them, he said, it's like they switched the, they threw a power switch on, and the whole airport strip took off. It's like power came surging back. Wow. Uh, so yeah, and, and you can it's see here. It's been quite the weekend. Um, we like yeah. uh, yes. the positives. Like I do want to be positive about oh, some of the things that's very positive. I mean, but I mean, could we see be talking a record here, record attendance? Because that seems to be some of the buzz I'm beginning to read. Oh, I would say is we're we're close to what where we left off. I see this as a. Re- it, I tell people it's a reboot year. They ask me how many do you do you. Are you thinking, going, how many do you expect? There's expecting and hoping. You know, you, you hope you get enough to pay the bills. Well. Bills are paid. You know, figure, figure it out for yourselves. <laughs> bills will sound like they'll be paid, okay? Yeah. So that, that's good to hear. That's, I mean, despite all news. the things that happened. You did men- use the phrase back in the saddle again. If you're trying to get back in the saddle, mm-hmm. you're going to have a couple, what is it, saddle? You, know, you get back in the saddle, you're going to get some saddle sores. And I think you got to learn to happened. deal with them. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's sort of what say, happened. And th- so we had some, you get some hiccups, you get some bumps, you're, you're rusty, you know, so it's like, 
oh, you know, strapping on the skates and going out there and playing, you know, playing hockey again, and there's some rust. That's where we are. Uh, yeah. Aren't there some things you forgot and you're learning again? Well, okay, yeah. I, that one I can relate to since I returned to my regular job, too. Yeah. I don't have that worry anymore. I finally told the Steel Company of Canada, take this job and shove it. I'm on pension now. time off. I'm on pension. Nice, nice. Yeah, so that, which is a so, another sobering thought. Uh, yeah. How, we're all getting older. Not necessarily smarter, but more wiser, but we're getting older. But, hey, we're having fun with it. And anybody says, any you kid, guy people out there, uh, my parents says I'm getting too old for it. Yeah, tell them they're wrong. <laughs> Take my word for it. Well, so anything to look forward to on the final day? That, that, like, I know you do your things, on, have some other things going on the fi- very last day. But just something that you're thinking just uh, as we go into the final day of Whoa. the 25th anniversary? And you've been here day one. And, oh, yeah. and you're, you're very... Con- and oh, easily, yeah. the difference between me and you is I've been on and off over the years. Yeah. You're continuous. I, I was one of the first people got, got on board. It actually started in 95 at a convention called Primedia, where we ran into Donald. Me and Eileen, who's the head of programming, and basically he got us on board. We, he said, I want to start an anime convention. And that's, when, that's basically when it started. So, yeah. Yeah, I think now I, now, now I know a little bit more because I didn't really know oh, that, yeah. that part well, of the story. We all... It all started with the other. Dave uh, Merrill did a uh, talk on Toronto fandom, and yeah, you can trace back the roots of Anime North in some of these, like an old good old Toronto Trek became mm-hmm. hilarious. Uh, I miss old Toronto Trek, uh, Ad Astra, and others. Well, basically, it was with anim- how we start how anime conventions start. It's like, hey kids, let's put on a con, <laughs> and then you find yeah. You, there's, there's a movie where that's a line. Mickey, Mickey Rooney telling Judy Garland, let's put on a show. Well, then you find out there's a little more to it than that. And it's, it's starting to convince it's a big learning. It's a big learning curve. It's mm-hmm. a big learning. You're moving up and up. For us, well, then, then you get to your point where, like we did when we left off, hey, you, you know, nothing stop. We're unstoppable. And then something, well, look what happened. We, we found out. And all the other conventions, they're in the same book. But, you know, it's, uh, they're, coming, you know they're making a comeback. Uh, Sean Mark with Otaku Baloo, he's also the Crunchyroll rep. He's telling us, you know who I'm talking about? Okay, but he's the Crunchyroll rep in Canada. Yes. Saying that all the Canadian, they're all, they're all up, they're doing good. So everybody's looking to come back. That's what I'm saying. That, that's the positive thing. You're looking to come back. And yeah, there's going to be some, you know, bumps along the way. But you, work, you learn to work around them again. Or you, learn, you either you learn to work around, you innovate, you experiment, and somehow you make it work. For what's going on tomorrow? Hmm. I'm going to lighten it up right after. Right <laughs> yeah, look, I look really like Yeah. You, like, I mean, I guess we can just leave that for now because people, yeah. it's, yeah, you know, it's, let's use the old Ont- uh, Ontario license plate phrase. Yours to discover. That's tomorrow. Uh, well, that was our last, remember the last, t- our last model? Oh, uh, yeah. Open for business? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, 
keep it beautiful. Doug Ford was, I'm going to drop that model. He said, hey, well, I guess we'll use it. No, it was, we, our staff shirt was a license plate number, and then it was Anime North, yours to discover. So, oh, I remember the that. other, the old one, <laughs> the other one before that was Keep It Beautiful, too. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, well, maybe we'll leave it for now. Last year, when we did the online edition of Anime North, uh, when we did the stay-at-home edition, uh, we introduced a new segment mm-hmm. called Yes or No. Oh. So, um, I invited Nor- Norm on because let's play a little game of Yes or No. It really, it's not, there's okay. no right or wrong answer. You just state okay. an answer. Give me a logical reason why that could be the case. Yeah. Either or, yes or no. And it might be worth a top, a top just a topic. Well, I, so this I, is in replace of our, of our rapid fire bullets. I put my foot in it, but okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, let's have a little fun. Okay. I think this might be a little bit of yeah. fun. Okay. So here we go. I think I have six of them this, this, uh, this year or for this time around. And uh, James and I talked about this, by the way, earlier today. So yes or no. With vinyl being a thing again, can we see uh, a movie or even an anime being sold on a vintage format? If so, what? VHS or Laserdisc? And we're sitting inside the Halton room. I, I know, I see the television behind us. I, saw, I, see, I look ahead on the schedule. On the topic of what's coming up for day three, this is going to be a video room that'll play nothing but Laserdiscs tomorrow from what you told me. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> That's the purpose it's of the a, TV behind you. It's a memorial you. edition. Mm-hmm. The Tom Great. Smith Memorial Laser Disc Edition, because Tom Smith was an avid collector. He uh, and I mean, we had some like twenty-four boxes of his uh, material, like VHS, uh, DVDs, Blu-rays. I got it. I got a, two boxes worth of uh, these special DVD collectors that come the collections comes with the book, and they are just so nice. And lots of laser discs, and yeah, I would think it would be laser discs that would that you know that you can make it look uh, nice. You get a nice package with it, and just that whole thing that you can't do with the VHS is like a little box. The laser disc comes like the old LP, and that you know that was a big collector's thing back in. The, I still have my LPs, so could be that. That was a big thing. Kevin, Amy, what's your thought? Well, anime is already coming out in vinyl, and well, soundtracks are coming out in vinyl. But I don't know if people under the age of forty would bite on that. Fair point, Amy. Um, I think that uh, considering, like, there are re-releases of like, uh, like NES games on the traditional cartridges. Um, I do think there would be a market, but I'm not sure what series. Um, it probably would have to be series be. specific. Yeah, because I was thinking like to capitalize on that, something like uh, the Ruby Spears Mega Man cartoon. Uh, but I don't know who owns the rights to that. I don't know uh, how well that might sell. Um, but I, I think it needs to be something that like has a legacy of being on a VHS or a laser disc that like people really remember. Uh, it for being on those formats. Um, I don't think you could release anything, but I definitely think it's possible. Well, you, you'd probably work out for, uh, for discotheque. <laughs> uh, it'd have to be something from the 80s. Yeah, yeah it would have to yeah. be. Uh, like Shinesman yeah. or Orgus. Yeah, just a thought. But it's, or I thought what would, or 
Speed, speed Racer, because that's what people remember back in mm. the day. Yeah, that you can make well, Speed Racer or Astro Boy. Astro Boy. Yeah. They're, okay. they're, they're, well, there's, they're a, there's your thought. And, and, and putting aside the whole, okay, having the machinery to play it, but just a thought. <laughs> you wouldn't be playing this. You'd be putting it up on the shelf to look and say, hey, look. And it's like, wow. That it's could, not the play. Yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. That be, and that could be part of the MO. Yeah. Either or. Either or. Which statement is more true? Dragon Ball Evolution made life easy for any Western-based at- based live-action adaptation of an anime or manga property, or the Cowboy Bebop live-action made it life more difficult for it. Ugh. The first one. <laughs> you think the first one? The first one. Well, think, hey, right? they're they're gonna they're trying to do another Death Note series. Okay. So, if Cowboy Bebop really killed that kind of enthusiasm for new projects well, we're talking, and, well, there's still one piece to come you know yeah and then now there's like a yu haka show live action adaptation that's in the works so i think i'd say the first one even I, though you, i didn't even go watch that movie even when i had free tickets oh, <laughs> here's a I'll, you know what made me think of this one though um earlier today netflix started releasing casting cast notes for a live action yu yu haku show That'll be just in Japanese, and well, a lot. Of, I noticed a lot of people seemed happy with this, or at least there's a lot of more thumbs up on Facebook. So that's why I had to preface it by saying Western adaptation, because mm. because I, I think by and large the, the, a Japanese live action adaptation has fared a lot better. We can talk about the merits about that and why in in the future. <laughs> it well, depends. The more, I, in my opinion, the more fantastical the series is, the harder it is to adapt into a live-action series because they don't usually have nearly the amount of budget that a Western adaptation could get. I think maybe the lack of budget can lead to a, a degree of creativity that just ends up working. Well, well you know, I mean, that, that's the infamous Doctor Who, BBP, the BBC uh, prop department, I mean... They were infamous for getting something out of nothing. Well, that's so, where yeah. that's sort of what I was thinking. And that's where the decision was was put. Uh, outside, but for live action, outside of Marvel or DC properties, that what the, what the North American audiences really know? It's still it's a niche it's a niche thing. You see a Japanese live action uh, adaptation of a mm-hmm. one of their popular mangas or series, it, the, you see the actors. They know they know this is going to this is complete not you know. And they, they go with it. They don't take it too seriously, and they have fun with it. Whereas Americans, they, they, they look and go, oh, this is, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you know, with Marvel, it's Marvel especially, Marvel Cinema, it's made so much money. And I think but then again, we're talking American on American, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's what, the, that's what Americans... Oh, but then again, that's probably the approach yeah, that an American yes. viewer or a North American viewer yeah, American North, they'll look at it and go... Because get and yeah. maybe that's a, and that's not necessarily a fair comparison. No. It's not fair to the Japanese property. No, but <laughs> you, try, you try to tell the average, you know, average American is, and they, unless they're really into it, they're, they don't get it. Hmm. But hey, yeah, okay, okay. I made this one up just in the last couple minutes as we were chatting. <laughs> so you'll, so uh, not even James knows about this one. Yes or no. Rumiko Takahashi is anime and manga's version of the Rolling Stones. What I mean by that is that 
father and son, or, or like uh, an elder, uh, somebody in their middle age and a kid will find a title from Rumiko Takahashi that will be the benchmark in their anime fandom. For us, for, like, I mean, I make this argument for people who are probably who kept up in the early 80s or maybe even the 70s, it would be Urusei Yatsura. For maybe in my, for maybe of my cloth, of my fabric, my generation, either Meizani Koku or Ranma. But anybody more further ahead, Inuyasha without a doubt. So that's why I'm saying yes or no. Miko Takahashi is anime and manga's version of the Rolling Stones. I think so. Oh yeah, the lady. Or did the I ladies, just did ladies? I just lay out the lay out? Oh no, the, no case? That, that that the ladies. I mean, she's fueled the whole industry about much her own, and she's one of the most recognizable names. And her properties, you know, they just resonate. See, I can think on the fly. Well. Those new series aren't as good, but I digress. Well, and I, but I, it's interesting because Lum is about to be reintroduced mm-hmm. to a whole new generation with that, with that animated series about to come out. I shouldn't say not as good, just not as popular. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, so. Amy? Oh. You probably agree. I, I, probably, I probably laid out the case. So I I mean, re- yeah, I think you, you laid out the case, and I know so little about popular music okay. that I'll just agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sounds right. Okay, let's get more Toronto-specific, and then maybe come back to Anime North at the end, just, just to keep it light towards the end. I have one more, another, but let's save that for another day. Either or, what's done more for the city of Toronto? The Pixar movie Turning Red or the graphic novels of Scott Pilgrim? Oh, oh by the way, if the, uh, if the audience has a thought, <laughs> I, I'd, be, I'd, I'd love to hear their thought. I mean, Turning Red is too new, I think. Like, there's a shot. Okay, <laughs> Turning Red says being too shot. new. It's too new. Okay. I also, like, I haven't seen Turning Red yet, Same. but, like, Scott Pilgrim... Uh, was interesting that it featured so many obscure places, like, well, obscure even for people who live, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs. I'd never heard of Sneaky D's or the reference library before uh, Scott Pilgrim, and now I've been, I mean, I've been to Sneaky D's once, but I've been to the reference library dozens of times for TCAF, um, and I think that uh, like I've had visitors um, either from out of province or even out of the country and said, oh yeah, the reference library, that's uh, from Scott Pilgrim if you want to you know, check that out. Uh, so, I mean, you know, as, as the audience said, I think you know, Scott Pilgrim has been around for long enough, but it's also like slightly less in your face about being from Toronto. Like that was a big part of Turning Red's marketing. Um, if you put any amount of effort into your fictional um, absorption, definitely Scott Pilgrim. If you only watch trailers, then Turning Red. I w- <laughs> Norm? Well, I'm from Hamilton, so like... <laughs> <laughs> Hammertown. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, though. I, you wanna, I think Murdoch's Mysteries beats them both out. Oh, mm. hey, <laughs> I like that one. Especially if you're into history. Um, my, if you want my thought, it's, I think it depends on the type of fan you are. I mean, if you ask that question to anybody here at Anime North, it's 90%, probably above, Scott Pilgrim. <clears throat> Go outside, and to those who are in the mainstream, it's turning red because maybe they don't know about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. 
So it just depends on the fan. But we're at Anime North, so the correct answer is... Okay. Well, apparently there's a, there's a, there might be, I think there's, a, there's supposed to be an Anime North reference in Turning Red. Really? Somewhere, it's in a, it's somewhere, oh. somebody said, yeah, what's well, it? A date circled in a calendar. And oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, okay, so I the last weekend. Okay, As I, I remember, yeah, when the deers had said, it said, yeah, that's okay. Okay, that's fun. That would be, that, that would actually be pretty yeah, cool. Looks, I, yeah. I would say be flattered. And the, I, I mean, I've only seen clips, but I think the main character at one point is like doodling in a very like um, Bashonen style. Um, mm. So I, I get the impression that it's not that big a leap. Okay. Somebody actually been in Artist Alley one year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's move on. Um, yes or no? And we'll put aside all the logistics, all the legal stuff behind this, just the concept and maybe how it would look on the weekend of. A Scrabble Crossing here at City View in Dixon during the Anime North weekend. You know what I, what I mean by scam, scramble crossing? I see, I see a face bomb by Norm already. This, this one could go either. This is. I don't think the police are gonna like this one. <laughs> yeah, finish it. Oh no! I just want to see what. Just to put out the idea, we put out the like. I put out this thought like when we on our very first return episode in 2018, and I thought, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it, like, what, what, what would people think of that? And yes, logistically, perhaps it'll never be. But just as an optic. There would sooner be another man-made bridge over that little ditch near the bridge Leaf, yeah. than doing a scramble crossing. Wow. Yeah, let's, let's build a bridge over Dixon uh, and do that instead. We've, we've, <laughs> we've had that brought up to us. You go and take it up to <laughs> the city of Toronto, please. Or take a tunnel, you know. There, we got a gopher that lives over there. See if he can do something for us. <laughs> You know what? It, it, you know what? I, I guess it, it only sounds cool in my own mind. Oh, yeah, sure. well, <laughs> It'd be thing, convenient. Well, the thing was sticks in there. What well, we we really tried to dissuade people doing. Please don't play Frogger going across across the two buildings. Please don't. If if we build a scramble crossing, we need to build like a giant uh, 109 building to like make <laughs> things like completely accurate. Um, I'm sure I'm sure we'll find somebody to make up a set or even cosplay it. We just get Harvey's to get on board. Just build huh. like 12 more stories. Ha Actually, yes, Anime North, the reason <laughs> Harvey's discontinued Free Burger Day. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And finally, and, and probably not, probably thank God too. Yes or no? Um, will we see church protesters tomorrow? <laughs> yes. You know, I, I kind of actually, as long as it's the Canadian bunch, hmm. and the, those bunch, the American bunch, they can't come across the border anymore. Oh, was that were those protesters? There like a the, mix. Like Twenty eighteen, there was two bunch. There's the Canadian bunch who, you know, they're bad, but they don't cross. There's a line they don't cross. There's the American bunch. Well, let's just say uh, they crossed the line. Hmm. See, I was the only line I was thinking about was be would be um, how many of them are American and can get across the border. Well, so I'll get I'll get I'll get to that. They, they it wasn't that bad at the time. Hard to you know. This is twenty eighteen. And they were some using some pretty nasty language, especially to the female cosplayers. And he's saying some really not, not bad stuff, and it's like, I won't, even, I won't repeat it, because it's not worth repeating, but 
And he's going on to his fit trail. Suddenly he feels a tap on his shoulder. He turns around. It's a throttle policeman who's telling him, one more word, you keep that up, you're going down to the station. And you're getting charged with a hate crime. And they shut up fast, and after that, guess what? They can't get back across the border. So <laughs> their big mouths got them, uh, like, that's it. You get tagged that with, with hate crime, <laughs> that ain't going to get you back across, that won't get you across borders, period. So, yeah, those guys get fixed. Okay. There was, there was one today, but, like, at, like, it's so much more subtle than the previous groups. Like, it's just, like, a little box with, like, a sign on it, and, oh. like, the microphone was kind of on low. Like, it was still <clears throat> being, like, amplified, but, like, it was such a different um, atmosphere than when uh, Duckman used to, like, combat them with his, his bucket <laughs> drums. God love um, Duckman. I hope he's doing okay in Japan. But, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I hope he can come back, you know, once things are more stable. Uh, but, like, yeah, like, it was, it was such an interesting, like, contrast compared to what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I miss Duckman. Um, I <laughs> and I miss that, that event, but I don't necessarily, I definitely don't miss the actual, uh, you know, vitriolic uh, people that no. Norm was mentioning. Um, this, like, you know, it's slightly frustrating, but, like, it's, you can, it's easily ignored. Um, or some people are curious. They want to talk. They want to um, engage in dialogue. And it seemed like that was happening. Mm. So, you know, Who not knows? the best, but cool, whatever. <laughs> you had a thought? I don't know if I get, got your thought yet. Well, I just think that they'll probably come. Yeah. Uh, well, or maybe not. Maybe yeah. they didn't realize the date changed. <laughs> but Or maybe because a lot of us are old, so old themselves and they're... You know, that position. Yeah, they might not want to uh, come on case, you know, they might be putting their, their health at risk. Because <laughs> I'm a lot I'm pretty long in the tooth. You know what my answer, my answer to this question would be, though? Just having heard all of this and said all of this, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't now feel like Anime North if it didn't happen. <laughs> well, it, would, it would be the we're back moment to me. You know, it's like back when the what when we had the provincial Tory convention. Oh, that, yes, <laughs> oh, of yeah. course. But uh, we had we had uh, I there was a bunch of kids out in front of the the South Building. It was all at the North Building, at the South Building. I'm coming on a Friday. I'm coming back, and I'm looking. I said, "You guys do know they're at the other building." Yeah, but you got more people. I said, "Fair, <laughs> enough. I said, Fair enough." And walked on. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So there's, there you go. You survived. The Thanks only, for playing the game. Yeah. The, <laughs> the only thing I miss about the protest, when, when things shut down in 2020, there would have been another conservative convention over in the North Building. Aaron O'Toole. Well, but it would have been the same time as uh, Pride Week. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Good times. That would have been, that would have been just... That would have been. That I would have, might have been even more. I awesome. would have come down for a day to stay at a hotel where we have our office <laughs> and just watch across. You know, just watch the just watch the fun. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. Yeah. See, congratulations, you survived the game. Yep. How do you How do you think? What did you think? Fun little game. Look, after the last three years. Well, uh, better than I. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, why not, right? I hope the uh, hope the audience uh, 
Well, we'll find out. Found uh, found uh, the game a little yeah, bit of fun. Where we're well, Norm, uh, thanks. Neil Nadelbenstein? Got to check, yeah. I, oh, that's our, I did want to mention things for tonight. I was doing a Kyoto animation tribute. Oh, mm. okay. Mm. On, on topic. Why not? Yeah, because we... You know, cause you know what happened to them a few couple of years back, and my God, it was just well, terrible. But it, so we showed some of their work. We showed Violet Evergarden. We showed uh, Hibiki Ifonia movie, Kion, Kion, and that. And you look at something like that, the the level of uh, of the art. It's just my God, what what a studio, you know. And to have that happen to them, and now they're getting their feet back underneath them. But still, whoa. So, anime, it's the first time we, we weren't able to, so this was, that was a tribute to Kyoto Animation, so I was glad we were able to do it, so, yeah. Thanks, Norm. Okay. Always happy to have you on. And on that note, I'll kind of get back to what's going on in the video room, so it's stuff to be turning. Unfortunately, no, no overnight track this year, because Yeah, I know, well, I'm about to tell a little bit about that, actually. Well, James would be here. James, James, um, like James, you notice James isn't yeah. here this year because um, I told you uh, there's been there's yeah. been a um, uh, he's self isolating and well again that's that's been the world. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was one of the guy working from home wasn't an option for me, especially like it's like that uh, one Simpsons episode. Oh, Homer gets to work from home, but he's a freak. He's supposed to be the guy <laughs> in the in the freak in the control room. Yeah, they found that they didn't work so well. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'll let you get back to work, okay? Yeah. So, and then we'll... Take care, uh, folks. Thanks. Thanks, Norm. Uh, Norm, uh, Norm McAvoy. Uh, one of the originals. An Anime North original, for sure. OG. Yeah. I guess uh, we're almost done, too. So, do you want me to do my Mitch Album impersonation again? To end it off, like I did last year? You sure. don't get the reference, do Well, you? I haven't no. read his books in a long time, to be honest. But I always like to say some, uh, do this, uh, so I guess I'll do a final insult. Oh. I did quickly want to mention the panel this morning. And I'll admit it wasn't well attended, but I do think, well, you already know, well, there was a combination of factors that were clearly out of our control. The time, the lineup, we've already talked about that on the show. But... I know there was one thing I could have controlled, and that was mentioning it more here and maybe giving you a better idea about what the panel would have been about. The panel was about one of Anime North's early contacts with the Japanese consulate here in Toronto and how they were recruited to help promote an anime film festival back in 2000 as part of a one-time cultural festival the consulate was putting on. A big part of that story was how my own anime club, and actually Amy's anime club too, York University's Yama, also figured into that, since they, in many ways, helped pull Anime North into the project. So the story I told this morning also talked a little bit about the link between the two groups and the legacy and impact of all of that almost 22 years later. Part of the conclusion I come to now after telling the story is that while it's easy to say we didn't need the the association between the consulate or Anime North and Yama to see where fandom is today 
and how it's burgeoning and grown. Isn't it nice that this connection happened? And I think the association helped everybody, both individually as organizations and with each other to this day. In front of the table tonight is the plaque that the Japanese consulate gave to Yama in appreciation for their efforts. Anime North has a twin version of this plaque in their archives. The current heads of the club loaned it to me, curious to know the story behind it. And while they missed out on hearing the story this morning, well, they promised to hear the story for themselves in the very near future. <laughs> I, it's just a small shame that they're not here tonight to watch the taping. I know that they were having a uh, out for dinner as well. But nonetheless, this plaque is theirs. And, it's, uh, and to me, it's a reminder of the connection Anime North and Yama continue to share both directly and indirectly. Anyway, my thanks, as always, to Norm and Eileen McAvoy, Chris Nabelski, Kathy Shutt, Andrew Kaidosh, and the hardworking staff here at Anime North. And as always, hopefully we pass the auditions and can get the call back again for next year. And if we do, we intend to return without fail. But, well, do I, do I say this part out loud? It sounds kind of bad, but like, Usually you can secure this, no problem, Mike. <laughs> so, like, you just sound like a hypocrite there for a moment. <laughs> Nothing is guaranteed, you know. Point that's taken. A, that's a, that's, I, I say that always with, uh, with that in mind. Mm. Okay, that's all. That's it. That's all we have for tonight. Once again, if you want to contact us, animeroundtable at gmail.com, at animeroundtable, animeroundtable.com. We are hoping by the end of the year to be able to add more to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Anime Roundtable, and our YouTube channel, if only because there's still plenty of year left. It probably won't happen, to be honest. As for the podcast side, please leave us a review, if you can, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, or wherever you get your uh, podcasts, if possible, because good reviews might help the algorithm shine its light on us. And you know what? We just had confirmation that listeners have found us on their own. So it really does matter. Please rate us. Please let us know you're alive. Hello, I, hello, I know you're there. I can see your breath. <laughs> <laughs> For now, we try to aim to provide something and put something up a few times a month because life has finally gotten in the way of doing this show weekly or bi-weekly. But in any event, please give us a subscribe, a like, or a follow on any of the platforms we're on so you can be notified when we put up something new. Also, if you have a Spotify account, please check out the Anime Roundtable playlist for a list of music based on things we've mentioned on this show. The theme song is entitled Fubuki Snowstorm by Piko Masaki, which is the title track of her current album. Check out more of her music at picoinfinity.com or on Facebook at Pico Zen Music. So until next time, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of Anime North. And then afterwards, join us again for episode 69 of the Anime Roundtable.
you know what I just realized? If they're not doing the all-night track, that means the all-night hentai room is not going to happen then. I think it already got canceled. Yeah, on that note, of course I had to say, next episode is episode 69. So are we going to talk about, like, doujinshi and H-manga and, like, Bible Black and, like... I was impressed Basically, you didn't do anything. I said, I just said I was impressed you didn't say anything regarding the episode number. Well, not, not, well, no, because, uh, because Kevin did it for me. Oh, like Media Blasters is here again this year. And did they have Bible Black? Yes, they did. And a lot of other of their live action. Got like, it, got it needed, got it needed, got it needed. Yeah, like I saw someone buying, like I walked by their booth and someone did have like a decent stack of hentai that they were purchasing. Hentai DVDs, no less, because, you know, almost none of that comes out on Blu-ray here. We can talk about this uh, again, like looking back on Nomonoichi when we're a little bit more sober. 